Hey everybody, I'm trying something a little new here. The regular intro will be coming up in a, in a minute or two, but I want to start featuring the works from the artists that I'm talking to. So the idea is to take a clip of today's guest's music and put it right here at the very beginning of the show. So all of you can enjoy, get a feel for what this person does, and if you enjoy it, you can listen to the entire track at the very end of the show. After the outro plays out, It'll be back there for you. So listen to it. Check it out. Go check out his links. They're down below in the description of the show. And they will be on the show notes page at autonomytalent.com slash podcast. I hope you enjoy this little clip. And I'll be right back with you. Welcome to the Autonomy Talent Podcast, where we feature creatives, discuss what they do, what they do to promote their creative endeavors, and try to come up with new methods that might boost their results and yours. We'll also have the occasional industry expert here to talk about what's new in digital marketing. So enjoy the show and remember to always live intentionally. Good afternoon, everybody, or whatever time it happens to be that you're listening to this. It's afternoon here in Texas. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. It's much later where my guest is today. I have it's the uh, hipster pug coming to us all the way from the Netherlands. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Excellent, excellent. So why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do, what type of music you're into, and that sort of thing. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I'm Hipster Park. Uh, my real name is Tom, and I make all kinds of music, uh, but most of the music that I make is ambient, down-tempo, uh, electronic, uh, and sometimes I want to go a little bit more experimental, or uh, I want to try another genre, so I try a little bit of everything. Um, and I'm uh, working currently on a new album. 
what takes uh, takes a lot of time, but is going to be hopefully one of my uh, most awesome projects that I've done so far. So I'm really looking forward to uh, release it. That sounds exciting because I've listened to quite a bit of your work now. I was like I told you I was working on some uh, uh, creating some some documentation stuff this morning and for several mm-hmm. hours and I, I had for the bulk of that time I just had your your uh, artist page up and just shuffle playing your stuff and it's really <laughs> cool because I'm I'm normally like a, a more up tempo like metal guy mm-hmm. but all right your stuff just mellows me out and I was just able to just cruise through it it was so cool man okay thank you thank you that means a lot I mean um uh, I, I, first of all, I don't want to be ego anything or something, but uh, I get a lot of people that uh, say that my music is, uh, that they like my music. And uh, to be honest, sometimes um, it makes me <laughs> a little bit, um, how do you call it? Uncomfortable. Uh, anxious. Yeah, yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. Because if I listen to my music, I always hear things that could be better and that I think like, oh, I needed to change that or the drum is too hard or the beat is too hard or the sound doesn't work or the loop doesn't work like I want it to work. So uh, that that happens a lot. (laughs) We're always our own worst critics, man. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I uh, just like about a week or so ago, I just... I played through one of my band's songs. I'm like, well, my band has been on hiatus. I've talked about this on the show several times now, but since October when a tornado took out our practice studio. Oh, and wow. So it, they've been rebuilding it all this time. Got it open just in time to have everything shut down. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Oh, no. We still it's... haven't played together again. But anyway, long story short, I was playing one of our songs that I hadn't played in like two months. And it okay. has a really long, like, like I think it's like, 16 bar solo it's okay it's crazy long solo (laughs) and uh i hadn't played it in two months and i'd just rewritten the solo like like Mm -hmm. the last time i played that song i just rewritten the solo that night so uh, (laughs) i barely (laughs) remembered how it even went anymore (laughs) so when i played through it once i was like all right i'm gonna try this and i just went on facebook live and just recorded it well recorded myself playing it Mm -hmm. posted up and everybody was like oh that sounded cool man i was like uh, you're not hearing what I'm hearing because I, I, I can count like probably 50 mistakes. Oh, 40 yeah. of them are just in the solo. I, I kind of recognize that, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it really means a lot to hear uh, from people uh, and from you that that you like my music and that it helps you with uh, with your work and with 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 the things that you do and that it's uh, relaxed and and and. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It 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 really means a lot to me to hear that. So thank you. Absolutely, man. Credit where credit is due. Yes. <laughs> so let me ask you: Do you uh, have like a, a team that you work with, or do you pretty much do it all yourself? Uh, sadly, I'm all by myself doing this. Um, I I don't have a team or a manager. Um, just for the reason that um that it's not really big it's more of a hobby or a side thing that i'm doing right now right uh, uh next to this i have another job um i, I don't make money with with the music uh, at the moment or not a lot of money uh right. at least uh and of course i hope like every musician to uh to get bigger and to have my own team and to have my own studio and to uh, have a lot of instruments to work with and um, a, a bigger team to work with uh, 
I would love to have a band or a group of people to uh, support me with other instruments and other sounds because um, right now I'm most of the time working with samples um, and and that's good uh, that's cool and all but um, I rather work with uh, real instruments and uh, make really my own music instead of uh, using samples. It's more challenging too because you can't just sync up the MIDI tracks. <laughs> 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 and uh, for the new album that I'm working on right now, that's going to be um, music that I make myself with the keyboards and no no samples at all. So that's a really big challenge, but it's also one of the most fun things that I've done in the two years that I'm making music right now. So yeah. So when this new album comes out, you will have written, recorded, produced, mixed, mastered, and distributed 100% on your own entire album. Yeah, the only uh, thing that I'm using is uh, virtual uh, instruments uh, with Ableton. Right, right, of course. But uh, you're still playing them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're still programming the notes in. Sorry? I said, or you're still programming the notes in to play them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still you. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's course. amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be my, my own sound, you know, and, and uh, I have already released some songs. Um, one of the songs that is um, Sleeping Souls. Um, I, I think that's on Spotify too. And I made another song that is called Multiverse and that was uh, going to be on the album, but I chose not to because it's not really fitting with the whole theme of the album, so... That happens sometimes. I've heard that from like major bands over the years that they had an album, they had a song, then like somebody wanted to put it on the tape, and I say tape that dates me even <laughs> far back I go. <laughs> um, they want to put it on the tape or the CD or whatever, and mm-hmm. the the rest of the band kind of votes them down because it's like it just doesn't really fit with this feel we've got going. And like two or three albums later, it yeah. winds up popping up somewhere, or yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. it winds up as a B side off a single or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will happen with uh, with that song too, but uh, <laughs> for now I just uh, release it as a single on uh, on uh, Spotify. I'm not planning to make to release it on another album or something, but uh, we will see. I'm pretty sure I heard that one. I wasn't paying a lot of attention to the titles and whatnot because I was working mm-hmm. while I was listening. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I listened to probably most of your catalog this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the only thing that I kind of regrets uh, making but that's also because it's the first album uh, was uh, Space Oddity because um, in my opinion that's a terrible album Um, the only kind of song that I still like is Space Oddity um, the song but the rest of the album I I, it's it's so bad and I uh, like I said it was my first album that I made but um, so many things that I needed to learn back then and if I'm listening back to it right now, I'd be like, yeah, no, <laughs> why? <laughs> Man, I can, I'm sure that I don't have that much of an, an extensive catalog like that to draw from. But I'm, you know that a lot of artists are like that. They go back to some of their old stuff. And some of their old stuff is like some of their favorite stuff. But mm-hmm. there's, other, there's other ones that are like, God, why did we ever even do that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know a lot of people struggle with that. But but I have a question for you because you said you you uh, you are in a band. Yes, sir. And what what kind of mu- like heavy metal music or rock or hard rock to heavy metal? We kind of okay. blend in and out of the two. 
mm-hmm. depending on the song. You know, some are a bit more mellow. Some are there's a couple that are blistering fast. So okay, it's, it, always, it kind of depends. All right, that's awesome. Um, uh, what's it called? The band? Um, oh, I forgot the name. System of a Down. You know, I, I guess you yes. know that, right? Yes, I'm quite familiar. I, I really I've seen it. them live twice. No, really? Oh yeah. Oh they wow. Were, they, and they were opening acts both times. They weren't even the headliners at back oh. then. Oh <laughs> back wow. In like early 2000s, like I saw them. They were uh, they were the second act out of five at a stadium what? show I saw in uh, wow. in the, the old Texas stadium where the Dallas Cowboys used to play. It's been imploded now. It's gone. But mm-hmm. it was a giant football stadium with an open top. Yeah. And it was. The first band was Power Man 5000. Then it was System of a Down. Mm-hmm. And then the third act was Kid Rock. <laughs> okay. And then Korn. Wow. And then Metallica headlined the show. Damn, that's a good line. <laughs> it was a hell of a lineup. <laughs> wow. That's normally the acoustics like... were terrible in there. In the stadium, I mean, you could barely make out anything. It was just oh. a muddy wall of noise because it's just such terrible acoustics with the shape of that building and everything by the time you got up to where we were way up in the seats mm-hmm. you couldn't make out hardly you could barely even tell what song that was playing oh that that's a shame that, really that's the worst thing from from going to concerts you know um I, I went to some concerts and sometimes the sound or it's uh really good and and great and you can hear it very clear Or is this like one bubble or sound uh, that you hear and you have to make some words out of it? uh... (laughs) Exactly. We've got a nice um, venue here. It's at the state fairgrounds. It's uh, it's changed names. People have bought naming rights to it like a hundred times. But everybody still calls it the Starplex over there. And And it's a nice like outdoor amphitheater. It's got a very, very large, like, I don't know, probably... 1200 seats that are covered wow up near up by the stage and then out beyond that there's a walkway a big concrete sidewalk that goes all the way around behind that mm-hmm. and a retaining wall and then there's a giant lawn area that slopes up from there so yeah they've got thousands of people can I'm probably 20 30,000 can get sitting or wow. more than that can get out in the lawn area out there and I've only been on inside once Mm-hmm. All the other times I've been there, I was up in the in the lawn area, and you can you can be all the way out at the back wall, and just the yeah. way it's all funneled out, it you can make out every note, every word, everything crystal clear. Wow, that's perfect. Yeah, that that's that's great. If you have a venue like that, yeah, that's that's amazing. It really is. How did you get started doing this electronic music of yours? Um, what, what first drew you to that, and how did you kind of get into that, and what was your like? first like equipment purchase you started making first yeah i remember that um it, it's a pretty long story but i try to keep it short um we got another when time. i was um when i was I, i think i was 13 i made some music uh, on a website called music shake uh and you could uh just make your own song and stuff like that and i made some a couple of songs and i was like okay yeah that's cool um kind of forgot about it and a couple of years later i came back to make music and i was using a program called music maker and i made some beats with that and i was like yeah i enjoy this and i went on the internet to search some other programs and some other uh, stuff to um, make music with 
and then I was thinking like, you know what? Um, I would really love to uh, to start making music again because at the time I was uh, uh, playing games and I had my own gaming channel on uh, on YouTube and on uh, on another website. And I was really done with it. And I was like, I need something new. I need something that, uh, that I can enjoy again. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to make music. I'm going to release it and see if people like it. Um, first of all, I did it when I had a channel. And um, um, I released some songs. And people were like, okay, yeah, this sounds good. And they liked it. And I was like, okay, you know what? I want to move on with this. And I think it was in... 2018 that I bought a launchpad and that's when I started making my own or not my own but uh, working with uh, samples and making uh, music for the first time and release it on Spotify and on other platforms I wanted to ask you um oh crap I just had a question for you. <laughs> oh yeah what was the uh so some total from when you first started producing music and people started saying hey I kind of dig this mm-hmm. how long has that been Till now. Um, till now. Um, like I said, I started in, I think I released some songs back in 2017. And then there were some people that were already like, okay, yeah, I like it. And then I decided that I wanted to move on. And um, I think it was with the Moonquake album that people really were like, oh, yeah, this sounds cool. And I got more people that listen to my music and I got some more attention on um, on Twitter and on other platforms. And that was the moment that I thought like, yeah, I really going to enjoy this. If this, uh, if I can keep making music like this and I keep doing it like this. Yeah. I would just keep going with it. Cause you're like, you've been doing this for what? Three years, a little under three years now. Uh, well, we're just barely uh, starting to 2020. So and you started in 17. So that's less than three years. Yeah, yeah, and going I, on for years now. And I really started making the music in 2018 um, with with uh, with the launchpad and with um, uh, with the samples. Before that, I was uh, still having some songs left from uh, Music Shake and some other websites, and I used those songs to release and to see, like, okay, do people really like it, or is it something that I don't need to do and need to uh, look for something else? <laughs> Testing the waters. That's wise, man. Yeah. And, and of course, there were some moments that I thought, like, um, do I want to keep doing this? And uh, that you don't get the, um, the, uh, the reaction that you hope that you're going to get with, with your music. But um, with time, I learned, like, it, it takes a lot of time to, to learn music, to make music. And uh, I'm already happy if five people like it, you know, that, that already okay. means the world to me. That's five more people that didn't like it before. Of course, yeah. True, true. Oh, wow. Guess we got another round of thunderstorms coming through. I just heard big thunder clap, and my dog took off for the, to hide under the bed. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he does not like thunder, which I guess most of them don't. But... <laughs> that is incredible. So, um, so uh, what... What um are you using a DAW like a digital what is that a digital audio workstation that's what it stands for I think uh, uh yeah yeah I'm using uh, Ableton right now Ableton yeah there's so there's so many out there um my my bandmates were actually using Ableton on the Mac when 
that's what we were starting to try to record with right mm-hmm. before everything kind of fell apart on us and we just got a new interface and everything and we had he had a our drummer had a bunch of uh amps and different stuff in the software we could use so he okay. had an amp he had a amp setting in there that sounded almost just like my distortion pedals i was like sweet so i could like oh wow i could play with either one and you could hardly tell the difference so, so that was mm. incredible but uh we were just starting to record some stuff with that. And actually the intro song to this podcast, it was just something that my drummer was on vacation. So it was just the singer and I, our, our bass player had already gotten transferred up down to Houston. So we were just the two of us at practice that one night. And we just sat down, threw on a drum loop and mm-hmm. I started, I started playing and came up with this riff and this sequence and it just worked it out. And heck, we've got a the structure for a whole song there. We don't have any lyrics for it or anything yet, but it's it's a song, and then I wound up recording a bass track for it too. So, the, what you hear on the intro of this show, that's that's either, there was a drum track and then me on guitar and bass. So. Oh wow, awesome! That's awesome. And, and and do you also have sometimes that you just start with something and you just go with it and go with it and see where it ends, and it turns out to be something that you can really use and that you can be like, oh yeah, I can use this for this song, or I can um, keep it for later and then use it in a song regularly yes mm. almost everything i play except for the, the songs that my band already had they were you know existing tunes that i had to learn when i joined the band um other than that everything else that i that i have that i play my original stuff has all come about that way just okay. tinkering around like i'll just either sit down and just start playing and kind of come up with something or i'll try to find a basic like drum track on youtube or something like that to just to have a rhythm a rhythmic pattern to go by to kind of help stimulate and keep me in on beat because I have a bad habit of rushing the beat. Okay, okay. I know, I know this about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to know things like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially as a musician. musician. Absolutely. It's a constant struggle. But, um, and I just sit down and start noodling around and start coming up with a rhythm. And there you go. I just did that just last night when I was learning this new software I got in this um, track. I'm testing out a trial version of it just to see what it's like. A buddy of mine likes it. And it's okay. It's, it's a, I find it a little cumbersome. He seems to like it. I'm like, oh, fine. But, uh, yeah, I just came up with a whole brand new riff and then a, a transition and another riff. And then I built the whole structure for a song in like an hour last night. It's just that very way. I just, just I had a drum, one of the drum loops that was in the software. And it has a little bass line playing with it. It's a real basic bass line. And, I, and okay. it's the, tr- the trial version, so I can't even apply any of the amps to it or anything like that. So <laughs> it's just a real basic ding, 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 ding bass sound. <laughs> it, it sounds like a Nintendo <laughs> game okay, sounds, okay. you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. But, but it was something to play over, and it got the structure of a song down. So it couldn't be, awesome. can't be that bad. No, that that's really cool. Because... Um, Sometimes I I'm start playing something on my keyboards, and after like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, it'd be, I'd be like, yeah, this is not going to work for me. I, I cannot do anything with this right now. And sometimes I'd be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to save it for later and see if I can use it then. But most of the time I'd be like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to start over and see uh, if I can change it up a little bit or speed it up a little bit more to make it better or do I need to change some charts or some some sounds and um, uh, sometimes that works and sometimes it's, it it just goes nowhere. 
I totally get that. I've had days like that too. It's like sometimes you I pick up that guitar and I just can't get anything to work. I mean, I can't even play the songs I've been playing for years, you know, mm. like stuff I wrote 15, 20 years ago that I've been playing all these years and I, I can't even make those sound right. So you just got to put it down and come back to it later. There's, there's, yeah, no, yeah. there's no forcing it. If it's not there, it's not there. No. And, and uh, I, I don't know how this it was for you or is for you, but in the beginning I was always like, I need to have a new song. I have to make a new uh, beat. I have to have something right now. And uh, after a while, I was like, you know, just like you said, just leave it go, um, leave it for what it is, and come back later today or tomorrow and see if you can create something then. But um, in the beginning, I was really like, I need to have something. And then I keep on going and keep on going. And then I was like, yeah, I'm so done with it right now. I don't <laughs> want to make music anymore. <laughs> you found that creative outlet, and you just had to go with it. I get it, man. Mm-hmm. Once you once you really tap into that creativity, it's there's no putting the cork back in that bottle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> oh my goodness, man, that is amazing. So, uh, how many tracks do you think you have total that are out on Spotify currently? Just a guess. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a well guess, but <laughs> fifteen, twenty plus. Uh, yeah, I, I guess something like that. I have some singles i think around 25 to 30 or something um i i guess i guess i just had your page up too here it is there are four albums yeah goodness gracious four albums in two years (laughs) and you're working on on a fifth one already yeah yeah the thing is like i enjoy it so much and i just want to keep going on and um even last week i released a, a free album on uh, on bandcamp just because i was like you know uh with this whole virus thing going on and i'm uh having a lot of time right now to to work on this music and to work on uh, uh on new beats and i was like i have some sample packs left and i can use some free sample packs uh to create something and then i thought like you know what i'm just going to make a free album for everybody to um to listen to or to download to and uh, if people like it they they can use it for their video or for their content or whatever they want but uh yeah i really enjoy making new music and to discover um new sounds and new things and everything that is incredible man so uh prior to like you said it was like 2013 when you first kind of started playing around on some website and uh like oh no no when i was 13 <laughs> oh when you were 13 yeah 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 so uh you've had the bug for a quite a while then i don't i don't know how old you are now i'm 27 at the moment okay so i'm considerably older than them <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> so, so you've had that that creative bug basically that you know of that you've known about it for like almost half your life now um so I, I would say yes but like i said um after a while when i was 13 i i i think i like when was it let's say that it was seven no, even longer than that. Seven or eight years between those, um, b- between the time of uh, 
working on music again. So when I was 13, I was busy with it. And then oh, for a long while, I just forgot about it and was doing other stuff and was busy with a gaming channel on uh, on YouTube. And at some point I was like, yeah, this is, I really don't like doing this. I just want to go back to music. Sounds a lot like the trajectory my daughter's on. She's 12 now. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's been playing drums since she was eight. Mm-hmm. So she's a drummer. She's a pretty damn good drummer. She's out of practice a little bit right now, but it wouldn't okay. take her long to get practice back up again. But um, mm. she was taking private lessons, and then her school that she was going to, they started band in fourth grade. So she's playing the snare and stuff in band for a couple of years, too. And so, oh, that's she's, awesome kind of lost interest she had to play like last weekend when she was over she actually sat down i've got an electronic kit in here in my apartment and mm-hmm. she actually sat down on it and put her headphones on plugged them into it and sat and played for a good while i was kind of glad to see her actually taking an interest in it again because i think that's only like the second time she sat down with that kit since i got it like three or four months ago <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and and maybe it's it's uh, it's good to have a break from it you know you you yeah. can learn new stuff and you can try other stuff and if if you really want to go back to something you will get back to it and sometimes it takes a while and sometimes it's it keeps going so yeah yeah i'm, I'm just fully supporter and just go out and taste stuff just just try things and see if you, like, yeah, if you yeah. don't like it if you don't like it if you don't like it move on just try something else of course. just go out yeah. and taste things get, get a taste for stuff and see what you like see what you don't like and follow your passions man i'm like i totally like that's you do you Figure out who you is, who you are first, what your passions are, and then do that. And yeah, that's exactly. I, I wish I had started that way that young. I didn't come to that realization until I was into my forties. So okay. That, that's amazing that you're actually pursuing pursuing your uh, your passions so young, and you're so good at it and so prolific at it already that's just amazing (laughs) thank you very much but um yeah i I don't know like um i um how do you say it um there there are a lot of musicians and sometimes i uh look to other musicians who have a lot of experience with music and who are really amazing and really great and i'd be like i wish i was like that i really wish i was like that and um, it's the most dangerous thing to think and to uh, compare yourself to somebody with uh, with a lot of experience in music. But um, as just a starter, I, I can get jealous about those uh, those things sometimes. We all get that sometimes. I get it. But the only only person you can really truly compare yourself to is you from yesterday. That is true. Wow, that's that's a nice saying. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that somewhere years ago, and it stuck with me. The only okay. person you ever, should ever compare yourself to is the you of yesterday. Wow, I'm going to remember that one because that's very helpful, I guess. <laughs> I know, I've stuck with it. I, don't, I, like, I hate to call to mention her, but my ex-wife used to always like compare to everybody else around her. And she's mm. like, well, they have this and we have that. I was like, who cares? Mm. You do you. Let them do yeah. them. What they have, what they do affects you not in the slightest not in any way shape or form does that have anything to do with you so just no. you do you and let them do them and we're all good <laughs> true true everybody and, has their struggles and i don't mean this in the best way because like i said there's so many talents uh only on twitter already i mean 
uh, I often listen to to uh, music on on Twitter from people who um, uh, looking for new music and they release or they share a song what they what they um, what they made and it's so good and I mean there's so much talent but um, it, it feels a little bit like we are stuck with only popular music like uh, Billie Eilish and stuff like that you know there's not uh, not a lot of new music coming it's all the same and all the same beats and all the same sounds and all the same effects and I wish people that uh, that make music right now and that are not very famous and take a lot of time making music that they got more attention because there's so many talent there there really is you know I've been curating these Corin tunes playlists for a few weeks now since all this uh, lockdown stuff started taking place and mm-hmm. And literally, I'm, I've lost counts. Like the the one mixed genre playlist, which I've cut it off at just one submission per artist, and it's like around 180 tracks on that playlist now. <laughs> wow. It's it's like somewhere around like nine to ten hours worth of music now <laughs> on that one playlist. It's insane, but it's everything. There's rock, there's country, there's electronic, there's um, hip hop, there's R and B, there's alternative, there's the punk rock there's some metal there's just everything under the sun in there yeah and i love i love that you know like all kinds of different genres put together and just you know give them a chance to let them hear the music and um i I think it's amazing that people really want to help other musicians by doing this by making a playlist and share their music and help other uh, help others to uh, achieve their dreams Absolutely. I, I love doing it. It's It's been a lot of fun, actually. It's been daunting. Like, I've spent – I haven't really bothered with it at all today so far, but the last two days, mm-hmm. off and on, all day, from, like, the time I got up until I went to bed, like, way in the wee hours of the morning, mm-hmm. I was working on, on reviewing playlist submissions because it was just that many came through, hundreds of them. <laughs> Holy wow. cow. And I'm <laughs> at two days' worth of solid, like – going through submissions and I still can't see the end of the list. <laughs> I start scrolling. <laughs> that one Twitter post has just blown up so big. It's just insane. It's amazing. It's really amazing. It really is. And, and, and there's so many, a lot of people are, I've already discussed this on a couple of recent episodes, but it bears repeating that there is a, a big push a big movement in the indie music community right now to like really come together as a community so many people there are still some outcasts and some you know holdouts from kind of a bygone era but um so many are starting to really come together as a community and really help support each other and they really start to realize that we're not competition with each other it's not like anybody in the world has a playlist on their phone with one song on it and if you mm-hmm. don't get that one spot you're not going to, they're not going to hear your stuff. No, they're listening to thousands of songs over the course of the year. Like I've had my stats come back on just, like I switched back and forth. Like I'll just stream the free Pandora sometimes. And then mm-hmm. I'll like listen to Spotify a lot. Um, like when I'm driving, so I can select what I want. But then other times I'll just put it on Pandora and just let it play random stuff. And I've had yeah. like my stats come back from Pandora, like 1800 songs in a month. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because I like to have it playing during yeah. the day while I'm at work and stuff like that while I'm working. I just have it playing in my earbuds while I'm doing my thing. And, mm-hmm. and 
thousands of thousands of songs a year, and that's just one person. How many other yeah. people are listening to that kind of volume of music, especially right now? Oh, man, everybody's yeah, looking yeah. for that music. Especially, yeah, just like you say, right now everybody's, well, I, I don't know how it is in America, but uh, what I notice here is that people are stuck in their homes and uh, aren't able to do fun other things. So they're going to start um, listening to music, finding new movies, uh, reading books, uh, all kinds of stuff. But for musicians, that is a great thing uh, that it happens, that they that their music get discovered and um like you said, they all work together right now, and and it's amazing to see that, and it it gives me um, uh, a really good feeling about it because we we are no competition, you know. I really want to support all the other musicians that are on the platform too. I'm I'm not I'm not the only one who is making music. There are so many other great talents and great musicians. And, so many. Um, I wish I could do a shout out for all of them, but, <laughs> but I know, but you could spend I, all day doing it for the next year and not yeah. even the surface. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> many. And there's some out there that I've like some of the people I've actually added to some of the playlists. Cause I've got not only the one big mixed genre one, but then like after the first couple of days, I realized, okay, this I'm getting enough submissions from each different type. I can start breaking this out. So I started also doing genre specific ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got like six other genre specific playlists and I'm allowing two tracks per artist on those. But, um, oh, yeah. some of them, some of them are 60 to 70 some tracks already on those and others wow. are only like 20 to 30 some tracks, but <laughs> it just kind of depends on the genre. Some of them happen to have a lot more people that I've come across. So mm-hmm. like the, the hip hop, um, actually the yes. hip hop one alone is hip hop and R and B both. And it's got like, unless I checked, it was like 120 some tracks on that, on that one already. Yeah, that is big. The hip hop community is like I, I guess it might be the biggest community on uh, on Twitter right now because every time I look um, looking uh, for new music, I see um, almost uh, hip hop artists and SoundCloud uh, artists and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's a really big community. It's definitely the dominant genre of the day. I mean, like we've we've seen like uh, in the like early. 90s like country was like the biggest one and it like mm-hmm. the we had the whole grunge movement come on shortly thereafter and then we had like in the 80s you know like rock was huge and metal was <laughs> yeah. huge so especially the the glam metal bands you know from the 80s but mm-hmm. um they were really big but and so it's just come full cycle and it's just hip-hop's turn right now and there is the by far the most dominant genre i mean that's why every pop artist <laughs> every pop album that comes out right now they have to have at least one track with a featured artist that's a uh, rapper that's throwing a rhyme on that on one yeah, of, at least true. one of their tracks because that's true. That, that's how you're gonna get that's how you're gonna sell your music because you've got to get you've got to borrow from the dominant forces out there right now mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm trying to get a lot of the people that I know in the rock community now to start paying attention to what the hip hop community has been doing for hell a decade or more already, more than that already. And, uh, start doing frequent collaborations with other artists, like pull a guitar player in from this band and a bass player. And don't try to be pretentious and call it a super group. Cause well, nobody's ever heard of any of you, <laughs> but <laughs> Or maybe one of you somebody's actually heard of, and the rest is like, mm-hmm. who? <laughs> but, you know, pull in, like, 
bring in an, an, a featured artist, bring in a featured rapper to throw a verse on on your or do a uh, do a track like a, like a drum beat or a, a guitar track or even a bass line for a rapper. Like I've got a couple of rapper guys I'm working on like to do some stuff like that with also to collaborate with. So you kind of gr- cross over a little bit and pull a little bit of that um, crowd over too. I mean, like the whole reason I found um, run DMC back in the day was because mm-hmm. of that video they did on MTV with Aerosmith when they did that walk this way with Aerosmith. Oh, wow. That was the whole reason I found run DMC. And I was like, Holy crap. They're like in the rock and roll hall of fame now. You know, they're huge. Yeah. But <laughs> those crossover hits like that attract fans from cross genres. True. True. Yeah. And, um, do, do you, um, uh, collab a lot with other artists too then i have things in the works but i don't have anything actually down okay, recorded okay. as of yet but it's everybody you know everybody has there's in life going on you know mm-hmm. yeah true true it's yeah hard to coordinate sometimes you've got everybody and their brother you know they're we're all like in our 30s and 40s and stuff now so like like a lot of people in my circles and so we've all got kids and other obligations and stuff too we've got to work around so it makes it a little harder to to juggle priorities and scheduling yeah okay yeah wow this has been a great chat man i've really been enjoying this i've been looking forward yeah, to me too it, it's it's really amazing uh, and i always love to hear other stories from other musicians and their bands and how they make music it's super interesting to hear that It really is. I enjoy it. I love doing this podcast and talking to some amazing artists. It's, <laughs> it, it's truly a labor of love. I'm not making a dime off this podcast as of right now, but it's just it's purely for the enjoyment of it. And and I, I can hear it about you. You know, you you really enjoy music. You have a passion for music, and you talk uh, with so much love about your own music, but also with uh, about music from other artists. So yeah, I. I think that's amazing. Like, um, it's it's um, it's it's great to hear this. You know, it's it's always nice to meet someone who is also really uh, crazy about music. So, <laughs> exactly. I'm not only a musician; I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I like to go to local shows here in town. Different little venues that have different, like little varying degrees of heaviness as rock bands and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and I, I just love to do that. It's it's so fun. I'm ready to get up there on that stage. I have yet to play a freaking live gig. <laughs> I've, had, <laughs> I've had two bands now and have not gotten on stage with either one of them. So, oh, okay, all right. The, the first one we never did find a singer, and then the like bassist moved away, and the the drummer was always unreliable he would just disappear for two months you wouldn't even hear anything you'd text him hey man what's going on nothing Freaking dead <laughs> silence and like two months later he pops up oh man guys i'm sorry i've been a bad friend man i'm i'm ready to go let's do this it says we need to get this a practice room we're not we got to take this seriously and it's like for about two weeks he'd be gung-ho and then boop, gone again <laughs> well after about the third yeah. time of that i was like okay yeah never mind <laughs> <laughs> forget about it <laughs> forget about it eh? <laughs> So I'd like to, oh, go ahead. oh no go ahead go ahead no i got it i'll bring up later don't because I, um i haven't been uh playing live either but um 
I, I don't know how to um, to do that right now because I'm. Um, I was going to ask that earlier. I was wondering how you would pull off a live show doing your type of music. Um, I, I'm thinking a lot about it um, because you know, um, like I said, I work with a lot of samples and. Um, I work with the Launchpad 10 and it's interesting to make music with that, but playing live and only using that instrument or that, um, that device is, I think uh, it, it might get boring, like if you only get me and that thing and nothing else. So my idea is to make it more of a show instead of a concert and having uh, a screen with, with all kinds of animations on it or like uh, loops on it and... Um, yeah. Lots of effects and stuff like this is gonna sound very um, selfish maybe, but I wish to give a show like Pink Floyd or something or like Muse or stuff. I like was that. thinking Laser Floyd. I was just thinking that <laughs> because I've I've seen Pink Floyd not live, but I saw um, saw a concert from them in a cinema uh, from one of their live concerts here in Amsterdam and. Um, it was so amazing to see all those effects and the screens and the colors and everything. And I was like, yeah, if I ever want to do a show, it's it's need to be something like that, I guess. See, that reminds me, I thought Laser Floyd, because uh, when you're talking about the screens and all the stuff going on, I remember one time, like, literally, I was, I could not have been more than five years old. And I still remember mm -hmm. this vividly. Oh, that's, wow. what a, that's what an impact it had on me. <laughs> it was, um, it was, I, I want to say it was at our state fair here one year when I went with my parents mm -hmm. and uh, we it may not have been, I may be crossing over stories in different s settings, but you know, kind of my memories are kind of sketchy. Oh, that's, that's all right. That's all right. No yeah, problem. Of course. But I was, I was young. I don't remember. I was 40 plus years ago now, but um, <laughs> I remember going into the building and it was, I, it was like a temporary structure, but it was a giant dome, wow. like like a giant like inflatable type dome or something. I don't know how it was su supported there, but it was like made to be able to be collapsed down and you know, like carnival rides and stuff and hauled mm -hmm. to the next city. But they set it up as this giant dome, and it was probably, uh, of course, scale from back then. It might have not have been nearly as big as what it's back <laughs> then, but. I would guess it was probably at least 50, 60 feet wide in a, a radius of diameter circle, mm -hmm. maybe 80. It was massive. And it was just filled with beanbag chairs. Oh, wow. And you found you a couple spots, like my mom and dad and I all found us a spot and laid back on our backs, staring mm -hmm. up at the dome in these beanbags. And they started playing Pink Floyd and had this massive laser light show going on that dome. Oh, wow. That's that awesome. was incredible. I would love to be able to go see that now. <laughs> yes, sounds really amazing. It was. Oh, it, it left that big of an impact on me from that long ago. It, you know, it had to be something pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't remember, uh, I guess. <laughs> I'd never even heard of Pink Floyd before then. You know, I mean, I was like four or five years old. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Wow. Yeah. I, I I don't remember seeing a show like that, but um I, I've seen some great artists do live and, and um some things you will ne like some concerts you will never forget. I mean um 
Do you know Toshiltana? I don't believe so. All right. Uh, she's an artist and she became um, big in, I, I guess, 2016 uh, with a song called Jungle. What is a really upbeat song and it's it's just fantastic. I have a lot of guitar um, and and uh, it's so up-tempo and so, I don't know, it gives you a lot of energy. And I remember... Uh, going to uh, to the concerts and it was in a very small venue. She was not very famous yet, and it was I guess it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. And it was so good. The, the energy from that concert. The people were so positive about it. She gave a show. I I, I mean it was really really great. And um, uh, I think it was a year or two years ago. Um, I went to Paris and she was also doing a concert in uh, Olympia, uh, what in uh, in Paris, what is uh, a famous uh, venue there, and it was even better than than the first time I saw her because it was so amazing being there at that moment and having that good music and having this show and all the people around. It's it it was really amazing. What did you say her name was again? Uh, Tash Shultana. I will I will send you a link after the the podcast. Okay, good. I was trying to Google it, but I'm I'm not I'm not sure how to spell it. So I appreciate that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and that's incredible. Like as and now that you mention it, some of the shows that I've been to that were the most memorable, they weren't necessarily the best musically they were the best showmen and they were the people that put on the best show that mm-hmm. and that's what caught you know always sticks in your memory like when i was uh, it would have been in the spring of 90 because it was right before i graduated from high school mm-hmm. i saw kiss one time in concert and oh, they, wow. they played for like two and a half hours solid without a break and did not stop moving the whole time they were just constantly on the move. <laughs> wow. jeez I, I was tired from watching them <laughs> and they had this huge elaborate stage set up the first time i saw metallica in like 88 on the damage justice tour they had mm-hmm. a giant stage set up with the like giant uh, lady liberty statue from their album cover that, st- that stood like 40 50 feet tall in the uh, on the back of the stage and like during one of their songs they have all these sonic booms going off and pyrotechnics and suddenly wow. that, that that statue starts to crumble her arm falls off and the head falls off and it just I, crashes to the stage and there's all this pyrotechnics and big sonic boom things going off it was incredible man it looked it felt like you were in a middle of a war it was just insane and this just wow. massive wall of sound from their blistering fast playing it was impressive and then moments like that or and like when i saw um uh, what's his name uh, marilyn manson mm-hmm. uh, he's got a few songs that are okay i'm not a huge fan but um he puts on one hell of a live show it's just, <laughs> he's a consummate showman you know what can you say yeah and I, you know those are the concerts that you will remember like sometimes even uh, we we talked about uh, music earlier, like bad sound and bad acoustic of uh, of a venue. But sometimes, even when the show is great, you you will forget about that. You will be like, you know, the show was great and and the performance was great and the music was maybe not not the best that it could be, but at least I enjoyed it so much and the show was so good. So 
you will remember that. Exactly. If, if they put on a good show, then that's great. It's like I, I never got to see Guns N' Roses live, and I'm kind of glad because everybody I know that did said they mm-hmm. were just terrible live. I mean, really? they, it's like Axel couldn't hit any of the notes. He was just, <laughs> it was usually like completely bombed. You know, either hooting on who knows what. He probably already drank like more enough to kill a normal person that alone <laughs> and no telling how much heroin and other stuff he had been doing at the same time and he was just bombed out of his mind probably didn't even know where the hell he was <laughs> so their, their shows just were not good from what i no, understand no. like everybody i know that saw seen them live said yeah it was just terrible wow wow that's, they are a big name i mean like they are, they're huge. you would expect I mean, like a, a great show from them you'd be like oh yeah th- those are amazing but hearing this it's it's <laughs> it's kind of funny too <laughs> i can remember a day when metallica was opening for them mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how big they were back then in the early 90s yeah. like they did a tour and they had metallica opening for them and they're like the biggest name in their entire genre now but, yeah yeah but they had them as openers at the time, and they were already big. That was already after the Black Album had come out, and they really started popping mainstream. Wow. And that was their fifth album. But, um, it's just crazy. And just egos and drugs just got the best of them. So. You hear that with a lot of musicians. And um, uh, the, the most important thing is like, uh, and, and we talked about it earlier, but you're not alone, you know, it's it's not your world. It's not like I'm making music, I'm important, and I'm the only one who, who cares or who, who matters in, in music, you know. You're doing this together, you're working together, um, and you support each other uh, if that's possible and when that's possible. And um, it, it's, it shouldn't be a, a, a solo journey or something. I mean, then you're getting nowhere. And the most important thing is, like, you need to do this together, or you will not make it, or people be like, yeah, you know what, fuck him. <laughs> he he makes music, but nobody cares about him, you know? So wow. the most important thing is like, do it together and don't let your ego be um, be the big thing, but just make good music and work with other people. The biggest tip I can give to artists, newer artists and existing artists have been around for a while right now is like, just go out there and every single day find at least like five or ten things you can do quick and easy little things you can do that just boost a little bit because if you just do that and other people do it and it just builds and compounds and it really helps raise the bar like if you can go out and share like do like 10 retweets of different people's tracks on twitter or go Follow a couple of podcasts, or uh, not podcasts, well, those two, but uh, yeah. playlist, a <laughs> so, couple so of playlists. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But uh, Always. <laughs> follow a few playlists, you know, stream some of the songs, uh, share those playlists out, do what you can do. If you're a musician, you're in this community, every day you should be out there trying to do what you can to promote other people, and it will be seen and it will be revisited to you. Just, but don't True. expect it. You just have to do it because you want to do it yeah. and you will, it will come back to you. I've seen it and I've experienced it myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the same goes for me. I mean, like, um, I'm, I'm not, a, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not the best guy in, in listening to all the music that people share, 
because um, because I'm I'm also have artists that I really like to listen to and sometimes I'd be like in the mood for just an album of Oliver Arnold's and sometimes I just want to listen to some Pink Floyd and sometimes I'm really in the mood like okay you know what it's time to discover music I really need to uh, pay attention to new artists on on uh, Twitter too who share new music and um, yeah just just uh, help those people out too. Absolutely. And anytime you can do, like I said, any little bit, if you can do just two or three things a day to help somebody else out, but every little bit helps. And if we're all doing it, we will raise the bar for everybody. And every time you help like someone's track or you follow them or you follow Mm -hmm. a playlist or you stream a track or you share it out, share that track to Twitter or whatever, that their algorithm sees that, so that is more likely to pop up in suggestions at some point down the road. So True. it's yeah. all compounding. So everything you do, every little thing you do, and every little thing that everybody else do or does adds up. And I mean, that's like when I'm listening to these uh, music submissions for the playlists. Mm-hmm. I always make sure I listen to like at least like three quarters of the song because yeah. it counts as a full play at that point. And mm-hmm. Because if you just listen to like the first 30 seconds and then you kick off, well, that's a ding in the algorithm. So mm-hmm. the algorithm's like thinking, oh, well, this guy didn't really care for it because he bailed. So yeah. I, I don't want to do anything that's going to damage that. So I, like, when I'm listening to submissions, I'll listen to at least two or three songs from every artist. Mm-hmm. And I listen to the majority, if, if not the entire song. So that's why it takes a while to go through all those submissions because you're listening to three or four songs that are all <laughs> three to five minutes long. Well, heck, you just you know, 15, 20 minutes just went by just for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's – I love it. I'm, I just love sharing the music and mixed genres. I like, I like a little bit of everything. Uh, so it's just wonderful. I'm yeah, really it, happy to see what's happening on Twitter right now. Me too. Yeah, I'm I'm super happy to see what what's happening in the music community because um, I was uh, kind of afraid, uh, especially in the beginning with Twitter. Like, do people like my music? Do they want to hear it? And when I start finally get the confidence to share my music on Twitter, um, everybody was super positive and really helpful and uh went following me or retweeted some of my songs or liked it or told me like hey i I like this song and that was the moment that i thought like wow yeah i'm 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 this this means so so a lot to me and um yeah it's really amazing to see uh what's happening right now it it really is. I'm I'm really proud of the community. Uh, it's banding together, especially during this crazy time right now. Everybody's yes. even more hypersensitive to it, so everybody's doing more to help share and more to help put people on. And like all the live um, performances that people are doing on Facebook now. Mm-hmm. The kicker is though, like I know some bands, like uh, back on episode seven of the show here, I interviewed this. Uh, kind of, they, they refer to themselves as a melodic punk band. Uh, okay. They've got the hard driving four, you know, four on the four, bum 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 bum, bum punk rhythm, mm-hmm. but they try to maintain more melodic vocals. They get more into it sometimes, and it goes off melodic and just gets wild for mm-hmm. the fun of it and for for effect, of course. But yeah, um, but they have much more melodic vocals than a lot of punk bands do. But they're really cool. They're out of New York. They're called Bad Mary. 
And uh, oh, I've I've seen her on uh, on Twitter. Yeah. I, yeah, I really want to listen to more of her music, but uh, I really oh. should listen to more of her music. <laughs> They're really good. Mike is her husband, and uh, they were both on the show with me when when I uh, interviewed them a few weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, he's the one that usually runs their Twitter account. She she typically does the Instagram account. But, oh, okay. Uh, they like each band member has their own like I think uh, their drummer is which is her dad I think is the one that handles a lot of the Facebook stuff and Mike kind of jumps in there a lot too. Um, it's just it's it's a crazy setup the way they've got it going and they do all their own PR work. They have their own they have a email marketing thing that they do out like one weekly newsletter that's all they say and they don't bombard you but they it's always entertaining and interesting because and they all take turns alternating out writing that for the week and those guys they've been doing like live shows like that for like a long time months or maybe a year or two already prior to all wow. this happening so it they hardly missed a beat they've they lost some gigs but mm-hmm. like they, they still have they have like on tuesday nights at um i think it's uh seven o'clock my time um so it would be eight o'clock eastern time where they are mm-hmm. so like so like s- six hours behind you um yeah. is it the wee hours of the morning for you sadly but um they do a live stream on their facebook page and they oh, do like wow. a 30 minute live facebook stream and they do like they've currently been doing just a, an acoustic set with just mike and um amanda mm-hmm and then they end that stream and they jump over to their Patreon and they continue the show over on Patreon for their Patreon subscribers. Oh, wow. And That's they, interesting. they've been doing this for quite some time. They told me on the show that they paid, they pretty much funded their last album just off their Patreon account. Wow. So, yeah, that's, that, that's smart. That's really smart. That's another thing a lot more artists need to start looking into because because you can really like – you have fans that are putting in anywhere from like one to five dollars a month. It's a negligible amount for them, but you get mm-hmm. thousands of them doing it, and well, guess what? You're making pretty dang good money. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I just really see that, uh, and I've said this numerous times as of late as well, that through all of this, there's about a lot of adversity, a lot of people losing loved ones, and there's a lot of negative here. Mm-hmm. But I really feel that the lessons learned, especially in the music community, but in the world at large, but most musicians, I really feel if they're paying attention and they're doing what they need to do, they're going to come out of this way stronger than when it started because everybody's getting more exposure and more plays and more streams, more ears on their stuff than they ever had before. Mm -hmm. And we're all helping to make that – amplify that effect so it's continuing to grow and accelerate as far as the rate of listenership and the rate of people listening to new stuff so it's really exciting for the music industry i know a lot of people are kind of struggling right now because they're missing gigs and whatnot and no telling how long but if you just keep your head above water and just wait it out when we come out the other side, things are going to be way different. When we start being able to go back to clubs and people start booking gigs again, people are going to be jonesing for it too. So it's, there's going to be a big bump right there right after because everybody's going to want to go out and get out of the house and go do something. Yeah. So there's going to be a <laughs> big bump in live shows for at least a few weeks to a month or mm-hmm. two after. But And it'll taper off some, of course. But I really think we're, we've seen an uptrend that will – 
continue to be a steady growth curve for some time now because of all this. And people are learning what to do and how to like engage with their fans and how to be, you know, more accessible, which is just going to help all the way around. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm really optimistic about what what is to come. Oh yeah, me too. And, and um, uh, yeah, just like you said, like with everything happening right now and a lot of negative. Uh, things happening right now it's uh, it gives me a, a good feeling to see um, how it, how it's going with the music community and how musicians are uh, are dealing with this right now and with their music and um, I saw some people giving away free albums even and um, making songs and you know you see people um, try to um, how do you call it um, try to work with with or try to deal with uh what we have right now and how we are living right now yeah just trying to cope with it all yeah that's the word <laughs> I'm, i've heard of like i can't remember who it was now but like um i want to say it was ariana grande but like big name pop artists mm -hmm. are actually releasing albums early so so people have them to listen to now and it's beneficial for them also because they're going to get more plays and more you know more exposure for themselves also yeah but it's it helps the fans too i mean the fans are clamoring we're all looking for stuff i'm like i've i've watched so much netflix and i've been busy as hell but i still have time <laughs> time to sit down and watch netflix i've watched probably 10 movies in just the last week or so which oh, is wow. a lot for me a lot for me <laughs> like if I, lose, if I watch two movies a month that's usually pretty good i don't watch a heck of a lot of tv I just sit and watch while I'm like eating dinner, because I, I live alone for the most part, except for the weekends when my daughter's here. Mm -hmm. So I sit I sit down in the living room and eat my dinner and watch television. But then I get up and go get on to doing other stuff or get on the computer yeah. or start, go practice or do whatever else I need to do, edit podcast episodes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. write show notes. Yeah, yeah. Being busy with music. <laughs> yep. I mean it's. Since I got laid off from my day job, I have been immersed in nothing but music mm. for the last like three weeks. All Except right. when my my daughter was over last weekend, you know, I spent time with her, but I was still like she would go off in her room and play Xbox, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna go uh, do some retweets and stuff here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have I, I run multiple Twitter accounts. Like I I have at least five that i'm really actively working right now i have okay. several, several others but they're like man I, I, they're older ones that were branded for something else and like just don't don't mess with them much but five that i'm currently actively working and four of those are all kind of attached to autonomy talent the whole this whole game here okay and the one there's like a fine new artist one there's the autonomy pod which is just was set up just to support this podcast, but it wound up being just yet another outlet to share artists and share other podcasts <laughs> and everything else. So it's like, okay, that works too. And yeah. then there's the main autonomy <laughs> talent. It's just at autonomy talent on Twitter. But then I have mm -hmm. another one that's just called retweet talents. And, and that it was a one I used to use when my ex-wife was selling on doing resale work on eBay. And it was, uh, it was called RT my eBay for retweeting mm -hmm. my eBay stuff. And I just okay. used it to retweet her stuff. And like, literally I was driving 
ten to twenty thousand visits to her store every day. Wow. <laughs> just oh, using that's Twitter. Amazing. Just using wow. Twitter. It was blowing her store up and that's the only the only reason it did as well as it did. But um so I rebranded that one uh crap, I guess I'm just a couple months ago. So I'm just all I'm doing with it is I go in and I retweet like everything that I've retweeted on my other accounts mm-hmm. from other artists. I use that account later, like the next morning usually, and I'll go in and just re retweet all those from another account the next day. So I just oh, get, wow. get a whole nother batch of them. And it, like I ran so many yesterday. I think you've got a list of like of a limit of like 200 retweets you can do in like a four hour period. And like I hit the limit yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally tweeting probably three or 400 times a day. Wow. Across multiple accounts. Damn. That's a lot. <laughs> I've been neglecting Instagram as a result lately, but as a but Instagram I've found is it's just not nearly as active as it used to be. It's not. I mean, they've throttled back um, mm-hmm. organic reach. Of course, that's the Facebook model. They get you a lot of organic reach for a while, get you used to it, then they take it away from you and say, "Okay, you want to get that back? You got to pay to play." Mm-hmm. I get it as their business model. I don't fault yeah. them for it, but but it it kind of sucks too because I just started this the autonomy talent um, Instagram account like in November and it's still only got like 250 followers. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, I I have a, uh, I made an Instagram account. I think it was also last year. Um, I I think it around the same time, like November, maybe December. I don't know because I uh, had the idea like, oh, what if I share like 30 seconds uh, of uh, songs on my Instagram with a little uh, video with it or something. And I did that for like, I guess, two or three times. And then I was like, yeah, no, this is not working for me. I'm I'm going back to Twitter and just do do my thing there. Then that works so much better for me. You might not have given it a fair shake for enough people to be able to find it because it might have really taken off if you'd have kept doing it consistently for a while. But it's a matter of do you have the time and energy to devote to that when Twitter is already working so well. So I, I yeah, it's just absolutely. a trade-off. It always is. Yeah, and 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 to be honest, like I I should have give it more time and I should have put more energy in it probably. But um, I might go back to it uh sometime. But um, for the yeah, when I was working on it and I was busy with Instagram, I felt like yeah, no, it's it's not really working for me. Like um. Like Twitter works for me. Yeah, I'm finding the same thing. Uh, I've had a this on again, off again relationship with Twitter. I was using it way back around like 08, 09, mm-hmm. doing a lot of affiliate marketing crap back in those days. And it's always been, if you kind of hit it right, if you don't do it right, you won't do you. It won't do anything for you. But true. But if you hit it right and it, it can really blow you up. I mean, like it was blowing up the eBay thing for a while. It was blowing up the um, affiliate stuff early on. And mm-hmm. now it's just blowing up. There's so many people blowing up on Twitter right now in the music industry. <laughs> it's incredible. That's where everybody's congregating in the industry now. It's the whole family is there. That's the, that's the hangout. That's the, that's the family dinner table is Twitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yes. like where we all congregate around to sit and eat, break bread and listen to music. <laughs> yes. 
Well, before we get off here, I wanted to ask you a little bit. It's off topic of music. I wanted to mm-hmm. ask you a little bit about your uh, your home homeland there um, in in the Netherlands in Finland. Yeah. Um, I looked it up a little bit earlier. Um, you have two basically official languages there. It would be Finnish and Swedish, right? Uh, no. No. No, we speak Dutch. You speak Dutch. Yes. I was way the hell off then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, like the uh, Swedish, and I don't know how about Finnish, but I know for Swedish that there are some words that are kind of the same as Dutch, so it's getting close. <laughs> Uh, it seems like almost all languages, except for some of the African and Asian languages, like they they're, they came up from a different line. But like all Western languages, either derived from Old German or Latin. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Most of English came from Old German. So. Even German, um, um, yeah, Dutch have uh, some words that are the same as in German. Right. Well, so, Germany yeah. calls itself Deutschland, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, yes. It's kind of confusing for us over here. We're like, wait a minute. You've got Dutch, and then you've got Deutschland. What what, what gives here? So, yeah, no. If for us, it's Dutch, and for, that, for them, it's German. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's about all the German I know, really. Do, do you want to learn some Dutch? I would love to. I uh, speak quite a bit of Spanish, Um Spanish. don't have quite the vocabulary to be considered myself fluent, but close. But wow. I'm, I'm here in Texas, and, like, we have a very predominant um, Hispanic community around here, most of the United States now, but um, – and Mexico is just, like, 10-hour drive away. So. Okay. So Spanish is pretty useful here. I, I know a lot of people here that hardly speak any English. It's mostly Spanish. So. Okay. I really like the, the Spanish language. I don't speak a lot of words, but um, I know Sarfesa and <laughs> uh, All you need to know is, uh, dame una cerveza, sir, dame una cerveza, por favor. Give me a beer, mm-hmm. please. Yeah. And a, do, a donde está el baño? Where is the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a beer and where's the bathroom? That's all you really need to know. Oh, amazing. Go to yeah. Mexico, hit the bar, and there's only two phrases you need. <laughs> Uh, but um let me see like um uh good night in dutch is uh goedenavond goedenavond yeah oh that's that's really wow. good yeah yeah amazing Nailed it. <laughs> and uh let me see i'm thinking good night good night good night it's good night in german right yeah yeah and um uh, let me see, what is a Dutch word that's funny to learn? Um, uh, do, you like, do you like to do it when you first learn Spanish, they teach you all the cuss words? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> oh, it's cool on this podcast. I, I, I usually dr- use F-bombs like commas, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just my daily speech. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I can come up with some good Dutch words, but um, the, the the word for beer is beer, so it's pretty the same as uh, English. You just kind of pronounce that ear a little bit more. Yeah, huh? yeah, ear, yes. Ear, beer, beer, beer. <laughs> beer. Very good. <laughs> beer, beer. 
if you know that, then you 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 get everywhere. <laughs> I'll go up. I'll go to Amsterdam and say, "Beer, por favor." <laughs> or or, like, or you can what? ask for weeds. <laughs> There's that too, yeah. Yeah, when you're in Amsterdam, then. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was like one of the first places in the world that was really prominently legal. Yeah, uh, to be honest, like everybody gets ID from Amsterdam. That's all free, and everybody's smoking weed there and having a party there and everything. But it's it's really not like that. <laughs> I have there, a friend there, of there, 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 there are a lot of um, uh, coffee shops there, but um, not um, you don't see only people on the street smoking weed all day. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little blown out of proportion. I realize. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's maybe. We get the stylized version of it over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you call those? Um, do you, Do you call them coffee shops through there? Yes. Because okay, okay. Because I thought like maybe you think like we're going to a coffee store and buy some coffee and get some free wheat or something. <laughs> no, no, no. We have coffee shops here. <laughs> All right. Like okay. That ninety percent of them are Starbucks, but yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of independents around too. Okay. Little, no little coffee shop coffee here shop. in the. The coffee shop here are uh, something different, but yeah, these ones serve coffee <laughs> and, <Yeah. scones laughs> and that sort of thing. little pastries and such. Yeah, yeah. And sandwiches. <laughs> I, I never went to a Starbucks and asked for weeds, but I can try it. <laughs> Either, but in California and Colorado or someplace like that, maybe. <laughs> I think you still have to go to the official dispensaries, even in the okay. states that's legal here. But um, anyway, wow, we've been going for an hour and fifteen minutes now. Wow. And it doesn't even seem like it. No. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed talking to you. It was really fun to to do this podcast. Um, Same here. I've really enjoyed it. Every minute of it. I'm, I'm always happy to be on a podcast. But sometimes, um, oh, this is going to sound like, like I'm a real asshole. But <laughs> sometimes you are on a podcast and it just goes with the flow and it goes very well. And sometimes it's it's really struggling to, to get to 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know. Yeah, I know, and I've had one episodes like that too, and it it wasn't my guest's fault. It was I was ill prepared, and I didn't have enough questions in mind because I just, I don't really I don't I never sit down and write down questions for these. Mm-hmm. I just I'd fly by the seat of my pants. I knew of several things I wanted to talk to you about, like you know your what software you're using and how you kind of got started and all that, and hear your story because I'd seen like all your stuff was from 2018 and later, and so yeah. wow, these like just all of this very recently so i wanted to hear the story about that mm-hmm. and then uh, and i wanted to talk to you about your homeland and such and kind of i don't know I've, I've been like all over southeast asia when i was in the military way back in the day but mm-hmm. i never got to go over to europe and that whole part of the world so okay. i'm kind of fascinated by that I hope, I hope to get over there sometime before too much longer before i'm like, too old to freaking remember it but <laughs> <laughs> well uh, if uh, uh, there are some places here in the Netherlands or in Holland um, that that are really amazing and really beautiful. Um, I, I'm, I'm uh, of course you have Amsterdam, but you have also Rotterdam, what is also a really good, uh, great city. Um, you have uh, Gouda and uh, famous for their cheese and the stroopwafels. <laughs> the what? <laughs> Finally, a Dutch word. Stroopwafel. 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 Yeah, very good. <laughs> wow. What is that? You're, 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 you can speak Dutch so easily. Um, I, I do accents well. I've always done that. So. <laughs> but it's... Um, oh, this is going to be... 
difficult to explain. But I will share a picture of it later to you. You can see what the Schroepwafel is in. Okay. It's like a cookie or something. It, the the word sounds like you're putting scone and waffle together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. But so it's not like it, it's 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 a kind of waffle, but not um it's with um oh my goodness. I'm I'm not good with words sometimes. Um Your English is, is great, by the way. Sorry? Your English is great. Just... Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I I uh, love talking English. Uh, to be honest, like I'm Dutch, but I really hate talking Dutch. I rather talk English than uh, than Dutch. I, I like the language more than, than Dutch. It's so boring and so every everything sounds the same and it's in the same tone. And English is uh, a more beautiful language, in my opinion. So that's in german those languages are a little bit more staccato too they're kind of a little bit harsher like on the ear yeah. they get more of a, a staccato punch to the notes the, 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 the cadence is different they sound violent to me <laughs> they do even, even russian you don't want way. to talk with them anymore after one conversation you'll be like oh no <laughs> Russian is lightweight too, only they're like slower and they're more drawn out. It's not real staccato, like short cut off notes. It's more long and drawn out, but it still yeah. sounds mean. Like they're like they're gonna kill you, but they don't care as much because this is Russian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know which language I I don't know how we get here, but um, also <laughs> the language that I really love is French. Um, I, I I I love to give. Um, uh, my album, uh, not my album, but my uh, song titles, um, really weird words, like uh, Le Amour, uh, Le Importe was one of those titles. I really like, it's it's like, um, I don't remember what it, but it was in French, but uh, it sounds just beautiful. And I think like, yeah, you know, that's that's really fitting for, for a song or for an album. And sometimes I find words and I'll be like, yeah, that's I need to use this word right now because it sounds amazing. Yeah, French is the only language I think that sounds prettier than Spanish. And they're yeah. both Latin they're both Latin based, so that kind of makes sense. True, true. But I think French, if I could choose to uh, speak another language right now and I could speak it uh uh without any any trouble, I would choose for French probably because it's it's such. It's almost like a song when you talk, you know. That's crazy. Do you speak French too? Um, ah oui, uh, bonjour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's about the same uh, man too. <laughs> fromage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that one. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Um, uh, oh no, I don't. I don't remember any French words right now. Yeah, probably like five or six French words. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish you know um, when we when you go to school here in the Netherlands uh, you can choose well not in all all the schools but when I was younger uh, I could choose for um, English and Spanish but I really wish that I could choose French too because I always wanted to learn that. That's the only uh, foreign languages y'all were offered. Uh, yeah, yeah. The only the only languages we can learn are um, let me think. I think it's German. Uh, uh, for some weird reason, we can learn Dutch, even though we speak it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we have to take English all 12 years, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> we have to and take an English have, class all of the 12 years of grade school. 
Wow. Okay. A little bit unnecessary, I guess, but who knows? Well, when English has so many, like every other word is an exception to a rule, it takes that long to get it all down. Uh, you know, now you talk about it, like uh, I did a course for English because I really want to to uh, get better with it and understand how it works with this whole language. And it was freaking difficult to learn English um, because as a Dutch person, we we say uh, things really different than English people mm. and sometimes we make um, words or uh, we say things in in a way like a Dutch person would say but not uh, people will understand it but it's not the correct way to say it or something right you can tell you're not a native English speaker when you say those type of things I, I understand yeah yeah that's, that's English is just yeah. like a kind of a hodgepodge it's like it borrows from other lang so many other languages and like this word from here and that word from there and it's, it's it's just kind of like a mixture of everything and it's so it's so many rules there's all the rules of the language but then there's so many variations off that's like oh well yeah a before e i before e except after c is one of the rules yeah but, yeah but then there's like 15 words in the english language that break that rule <laughs> Like yeah, the word weird. It, it it's make weird sense that that's a rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have the difference between American and uh, UK English um, because th th there's some words that are uh, that, that Americans say, and then uh, when you're going to London, for instance, uh, they say it different, but they mean the same thing. And I would be like, why? Why? Just keep it simple, please. <laughs> I know, like we say elevator, they say lift. We say restaurant, yeah, they say, yeah, they say yeah. loo. In the beginning, I, I had people that said, uh, I had somebody who said it, and I was like, what the freak is a loo? And then I was <laughs> right. and I was like, I need to know it right now. So I went on my phone, and I was ah, all right, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Lou's that guy that used to live down the street from me. <laughs> and I can tell you, it's, the, it's the, that way here in, the, in America, too. Like, you got to realize the land mass of America is almost the size of Europe, or the bulk of Eastern Europe. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Western Europe, like uh, Germany, UK, Scotland, Italy, France, all of it. It's almost that same size. So we're spread out over a large area. There's a lot of mm -hmm. undeveloped land in that, of course. But um, you go literally just within Texas. You go to the eastern side of Texas all the way to the western side of Texas. And there's one spot at the widest where it's 1,500 miles or something wow. like that. It's insane how far. But wow. it's a completely different dialect. The people, like, you have a hard time understanding. If you are from West Texas like me and you go down to East Texas and you hear the, the twang they have in their voice and the terms and the words and the slang terms they use down there, it's, mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to understand them. And it's like, <laughs> the same state and, and I need <laughs> subtitles. What the hell? <laughs> and then you go over to Louisiana and they got – they, they got themselves a whole different way of talking down there now in Louisiana. They talk way different over there. They got that Cajun, <laughs> it's kind of an Italian-French fusion type thing going on over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just bizarre. Then you go on over in Alabama, and they, they, they way down south over there in Alabama now. They, they talk like this. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. And then you go up through Boston. It's completely different sound from New York, which is a completely sound from Jersey, completely different sound from over in Chicago. And then you got Boston. <laughs> Wisconsin, very good at accents. Wisconsin, you know, and then you've got California, where they just do. They don't have hardly any accent at all, man. <laughs> no, the, you know, um, when I was younger, I um, 
well, I went to New York and for the longest time I was like, oh, New York is America. So they all have the same accent there. And then I uh, uh, was a little bit older and I heard people talking from Texas and from uh, Louisiana and California. I was like, wow, that sounds a lot different than in New York. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Like there's a there's a TV show on. I've like I've maybe seen a cumulative total of five minutes of this show because it's just like. Oh, I can't sit through that. But it's called Swamp People. And I think I've these, it, but it's about never this, it. these people, and they hunt alligators and stuff in the swamps down in the bayou down in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And these people are speaking English on this television show, and they literally have subtitles so that you can <laughs> tell what they're saying. Wow. They're all down the swamp down there talking like this. Now, you can't understand what the hell they're saying. <laughs> Guess the words. <laughs> exactly. <It's>, <laughs> wow, you uh, pick out like one or two words out of every five or six. It's like <laughs> maybe you can piece it together from context. Maybe you can't. <laughs> After twenty minutes, you have a whole world words, and you can guess what I were trying to say to you. <laughs> yeah, I know it. It's crazy. It's a good thing they have subtitles, or I wouldn't. The little bit I saw of it, I have no idea what they were saying. <laughs> It's just crazy to think you could be speaking the same language that I speak, and I need subtitles to be able to understand you because your accent is that freaking heavy. Mm-hmm. And you've lived in the same country your whole life just like I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It is a different part of the world, man. Well, like, I've been all over. I lived in Utah for a while. I lived in California for a couple of years in the military days, and even in Florida for a while. Okay. I was raised in western Texas, out up on the plains where it's like flat nothingness. Mm-hmm. And now I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area over here on the kind of like the north part of Texas. and uh, It's way, way different here than out west where I grew up. It's like a, All right. I mean, it looks like you're on a different planet almost. It's, it's crazy. Like I took my daughter out there for the first time last year, and we went to the little small town where I, where I mostly grew up since like second grade through high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was just flabbergasted. When we got up, there's this big um, – you're driving in this kind of rolly hills out through for a long ways. Then you hit this place, and it's like this big rock ridge that just like seems to go endless in both directions. And it jigs and zags and you know comes in and out, undulating all over the place. But yeah. it's this like several hundred feet tall rock cliff. Mm-hmm. And when you get up through it and you go up – get up on the top – everything is just completely flat and you go from these nice rolling hills like some higher taller trees a lot of lower mesquite trees and such and um but you know like pasture land with trees and hills and fences and you get up on top of there and it's nothing but plowed fields where they grow cotton and things of that nature Mm -hmm. with littered with oil pump jacks the, the like things that look like a rocking horse that are pumping oil out of the ground um it's just Flatlands littered with those oil pump, pump jacks out there, as far as you can see. And now, recently they've, you know, in the recent years they've put up a ton of uh, wind turbines right out there too, because the winds are very prevalent there. All right. But, but it's, I mean, it's like you're just stepped foot onto a on a completely different planet stepping up there. It's <laughs> that different from here. The whole terrain wow. 
everything it just looks completely different it's desolate and it was kind of overcast and uh gray and dreary but there was a little bit of dirt in the air because it was in march in the spring when mm-hmm. sandstorms are bad it wasn't a bad sandstorm but there was still a little bit in the air so it, the air has kind of like orangey hazy color to it it's bizarre like you look at the sky and it doesn't look blue or gray it looks kind of blue with a orangish tint to it okay it's, oh, it's wow. bizarre so i mean and it just kind of looks like the dirt just like kind of extends up into the sky and that's pretty much what it is um it's and my daughter was blown away she'd never seen anything like that <laughs> uh, i was like yeah this is where i grew up kid not much to look at is it <laughs> oh that's interesting because um um it's always fascinating to see like in america that there's so much different in in landscape and in 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 buildings and in in ways of uh culture and living and everything because uh when i was uh let's say i think it was like 10 years ago i went for the first time to new york uh also the only time to new york but <laughs> and uh, i remember and i remember seeing those buildings and i was like damn that's huge how could this be so how could they build these buildings it was and I was it was so crazy to see that because here in the Netherlands we don't have that we have uh, high buildings but not that high and I was like wow this is crazy that they could build this and then I went to the Empire State Building and I was like yo this is this is super crazy being here right now and seeing this whole city and and everything it's it's it was just crazy that is crazy and we have like in downtown Dallas and downtown Fort Worth, there are there's areas, there's like pockets of the center of downtown where you'll have several, you know, 20 to 40 story buildings. And that's about as big as it gets. And that's, that's huge for around this area. But uh, like I've never been to New York City myself. I've only seen it in movies and pictures and such. But like, I can't imagine. Like I had a, a sociology professor in college who was from new york he lived in manhattan growing up mm-hmm. and he told me something that was like very very he told the class it was an illustration um we have one of the probably like the fifth most active or most most traveled airport in the country here in the called dfw dallas fort worth airport okay. and it's got a giant landmass. they have land i don't even know what they're using it for it's just like pasture land out there that's fenced off and the airport property is i can't even count how many hundreds probably a couple thousand acres wow uh, massive <laughs> and uh, of course there's like six terminals and you know parking garages for each and all the separate individual runways and i think just one major control tower and like another minor secondary tower even for the they've got the private plane side on the other side over there so it's, wow. it's a massive thing and Amazing. the sociology professor made a really interesting illustration for us he said that you can take like there was like three and a half million people in the time at that time that lived here in the dallas fort worth metro area and that's covering i mean from one side to the other side of from one side of fort worth to the other side of dallas it's mm-hmm. it could be like 60 to 80 miles i don't know what that is in kilometers but it's a long ways you could take mm-hmm. two to three hours to drive across it if there's not traffic oh wow okay it's that far and uh Three and a half million people living there. Mm-hmm. He said you there at that time there were about 
I think 11 or 12 million people living in the, within the five boroughs of New York City. Yeah. And you could take all five boroughs of their landmass and fit them inside DFW Airport. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. He said he had, he grew up on a street where there were 10,000 people that lived on his side of his block. Whoa. I grew up wow. in a town, 10,000 people was my whole town. <laughs> And that was that was just his side of the street on his block. It wow, was ten thousand people. Crazy. I'm like, I can't even imagine that. No. Wow. Ten thousand people on one side of the street. Yeah, one side of one block. That is crazy. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine that too. I I try to visualize it for me right now, but even that is difficult. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I can't even I can't even picture it. Wow. Wow. That. That's wow. I, I have no words. <laughs> 10,000 people in one side of the street. Yeah, and you can fit all 12 million or so people that live there inside of our airport. <laughs> wow. That's unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah, it, it's, it's just mind-boggling. The, the numbers, it's like numbers you can't even wrap your brain around. And then it's, to it's, oh, No, go, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I insist. Uh, and then to imagine that we uh, live here in uh, Holland or the Netherlands with seven, 17 million people. So that is almost, um, well, you can put a lot of people in this airport too. And that's a whole country. So. <laughs> wow, 17 million people live there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and there's like, I think there's, a, it's like, I think it's over 13 million now living in New York City. Wow. And maybe nearing 14. It's just it just keeps growing. I remember when I was a kid, like um in a teenager in the eighties, there were like nine or to ten million and it's just continued to grow and grow and grow. It's, I don't know how or how they cram more people in there, but they keep no, managing. It, it, it's amazing because everything is built like um next to each other and very close to each other, and it's almost one big wall of buildings and and shops and and neon lights and and streets and, and and stuff like that and then there's sometimes a park in between those streets and it's 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 crazy i mean um i i wish i i could go to california or uh san francisco to see that uh to see how it is there but um i remember being in new york and being like This is crazy. I, I st even if I think about it right now, I'd be like, yeah, no, it, it cannot be true because it was so big. And 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 um, the only thing I could see was buildings and super high buildings. It's even now, even now, it's still amazing. That's incredible, man. Well, as you know, what I kind of hate to, but. My dog is needing to go walk. He's getting okay. antsy, and he just <laughs> knocked my guitar over. If there was, if you heard a lot of racket a minute ago, he he was in at my back door, and when he backed out of there, he knocked my guitar over. <laughs> one of them, and he All knocked right. it over, and then it scared him. Then he took off running, and then he kicked his water and food bowl and knocked them both over. They went flying, <laughs> water everywhere, and metal bowls clanking. So if you heard all that, I, I apologize. That's what that was. That was my dog. Nope. <laughs> he was having a little moment there. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Mr. Hipster Pug, where can people find you? Uh, pe people can find me on Spotify uh, under the name Hipster Pug, um, on Twitter uh, at hipster underscore pug mm -hmm. underscore. And um, 
you can find me on Bandcamp if you, I, I guess if you type Hipster Park or, um, yeah, I think Hipster Park and you will get yeah, that it, too. It's hipsterpug.bandcamp.com. That's the one, yes. <laughs> I know because I just put it in a little while ago because you, you sent it to me in text, but I wanted to put it up on my computer so I had to manually tap it in, so I remember. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So hipsterpark.bandcamp.com or I, I don't know, but something like that in it. Yes, it's just a subdomain yes. of the site. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, this has been an, a, a great chat. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. This is by far my longest episode. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry I, for that. I think this is twice <laughs> as long as my next longest episode. No, don't apologize. I'm loving it, man. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed talking about music, but also <laughs> about countries for some reason. But <laughs> it I was know, super just, interesting. It's it's fun to like learn about the different cultures and such. I really, you know, we're we're all part of the same same big giant family here, but we're so far apart and we ha we have so many differences, but so many similarities. It's just really the study of that just is it fascinates me. So I I really enjoy every minute of this. Yeah, yeah, same for me. I mean, it's super interesting to to learn about uh, like your city and and the country that you live in, and it's super interesting just only to hear those stories, but also the stories of concerts and venues there because it's so different than here. I know it's crazy. I need to get over there and just go like do a little uh, hopping around, checking out some some shows over there. Yeah. <laughs> We have some we have some great venues here too, but um, it's it's not as big as in America, I guess. But you're not far from where those like Norwegian death metal screwballs are, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> like how far yeah, is Norway? Yeah, no, That's, those are not the concerts that they go to now. <laughs> no, oh, I I don't want to go see somebody that still got soot on him from the church they burned down last night. Huh? <laughs> uh, how, but how far are you from Norway? From Norway. Approximately. Uh, a lot. <laughs> no, it, it, the, the close countries that we have is Belgium, uh, French, and uh, Germany. Oh, okay. You're right in that pocket there. Yeah, I, I got yeah. it. I was, I was trying to remember exactly where, because I looked at it on the map the other day, and my European geography is a little sketchy. I know like the bulk of it, like the ones that were active stuff where we've learned a lot of history about from World War II, like Baston in Belgium, and where yeah. the Battle yeah. of the Bulge was fought and all that, and Foy. Mm -hmm. And all those cities through there. So I, that part I'm really familiar with because I've learned so much about it over 40 plus years now. But when you get out beyond that in, in Holland and Finland and everywhere else, I, yeah, my knowledge of that geography is a little sketchy. Mm, no problem, no problem. Because <laughs> even I have sometimes to look like on the map like, oh, yeah, this is how it is. And this is where this country is. And. Uh, it's difficult sometimes. <laughs> like states and stuff around here. It's like, wait a yeah. minute. Where was Ohio again? <laughs> it's like yeah. up in the middle somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody tries to forget about Ohio anyway. Though, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, Mr. Hipster Pug, I have had fun, and we're going to have to – We'll have to get on and do this again. I think we could we could talk for another hour and forty minutes again next week. I would imagine. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I will be happy to be a guest again on your podcast. It was super much fun, uh, really nice talking to you, and uh, thank you for having me as a guest here. It, it's 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 really amazing to uh, to to do this. So thank you for that. Thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on, taking the time to come talk with me.
And just so everybody knows, um, in the description on whatever player you're using to listen to this on, you scroll down. I will have all of, uh, of Mr. Hipster Pug's links down there. Or you can always go to the show notes page. Go to autonomytalent.com forward slash podcasts. And that has all the episodes listed right there. Just look for Mr. Hipster Pug. This um, I've got like a couple in the can right now. I'm not exactly sure which episode number this will be. It'll be somewhere around like 10 or 11. Okay. Um, maybe 12. No, probably nine is edited and, and going out tomorrow. So yeah, so if I, this will be next week, so it should be episode ten, and it should be released. I'll just look at my calendar real quick. What's next Monday? Um, the twentieth, April the twentieth. Okay. All right, all right. Awesome. And I I drop I schedule them out the night before or earlier, so they they post up at like six a.m. to the hosting service, so that gives it time for a couple hours. 6 a.m. my time here, Central time, Central U.S. time. I think mm-hmm. it's time to, for a couple hours for them to propagate out to the different services and whatnot via the RSS feeds and uh, then to start picking it up so people have it during the day. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, nice. Nice. I might start scheduling that earlier so like people can start listening to it on their way to work on Monday mornings. Maybe I should start scheduling for like 4 a.m. so they're, they're pushed out to those services by the time people are commuting. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, and I'll be talking to you soon. And keep yes. keep spreading the love, man. I love thank what you're you. doing. And thank keep you. making that music. I'm looking forward to your next album, Marty. It's going to take a while, but when it's there, I really hope you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm convinced of that already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. All right. So thank you. Have a great day. Or an evening as it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Autonomy Talent Podcast. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I hope you found a few things you could take away from it. Be sure to subscribe and follow us wherever you happen to hang out on social media. We're all over the place. Just look up Autonomy Talent on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, you name it, we're probably there. So until next time, be sure to always live intentionally. Here's the entirety of Amour Sans Fin by Mr. Hipster Pug.